This is the FBCG Live Podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is entitled, The Sermon on the Mount, Part 8, Retaliation. Jesus teaches us how to respond to those who hurt you. As Christians, we must not retaliate against others. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. Let's get right into the word. Matthew chapter 5. We're in the series on the Sermon on the Mount. Just a reminder to everybody. We're taking Matthews 5, 6, and 7 and going through those. Uh, this sermon that Jesus touches on a whole multiplicity of things. Let me do apologize. Um, uh, uh, we've had some technical difficulties getting on. So some of you may have had some problems getting on. So hopefully everybody's tuned in and you're hearing clearly and everything's great that you're 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 with us so uh sorry about that little glitch we had but hope, thankful thank y'all for hanging on in there and not chiming out but just hanging in there until we got it straight all right so we're on the sermon on the mount and uh we're looking at um we've looked at several areas the beatitudes we looked at the uh from uh, the how we're to impact the community we talked about the role of the law in relationship to christ what this the law and Christ, how do they relate with each other? We've looked at, uh, again, we're in Matthew chapter 5, the relationships that we should have with each other. We looked at uh, Jesus' uh, view of adultery and how he looks at it, which is different than uh, how many people look at it. We looked at divorce and, and remarriage. Divorce and remarriage. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, and we, then, we, then we also looked at oaths. We looked at uh, making promises. We, we, we've gone through all of that. And now we come to the next area that we're going to deal with tonight, which is retaliation. And I know most people th- say that they don't retaliate. But the truth of the matter is, if we were really to de- delve into some of the decisions and choices and actions that many people make, we, are reta- we retaliate. We try to pay people back. We try to hurt people to the degree that they've hurt us. We try to pay people back. And Jesus, in this passage of chapter 5, verses 38 through 42, which is what we're going to be looking at, speaks specifically to what it is and how we should respond to people who hurt us or seek to hurt us. And that's what tonight's lesson is about. And I'm praying that God will convict you and challenge you on that, in that arena. So that's, that's what we're going to deal with tonight. Um, now, let me, I wanted to say a word about this real quick because... Uh, one of the uh, challenges with a lot of people, um, and it's, this is actually where, where I'm, what my posture is, I, I don't need to be pleaded to. God doesn't have to prove to me that his word is true. Once I read it, I embrace it and hold it dear to my heart as truth. Um, I don't need to hear a special sermon. I don't need to, you know, walk down a certain road or whatever. I just embrace God's truth as I, as I see it and understand it. And I'm hoping that we're ministering to a, a community of people that have that same mindset. And I, I don't know really how, um, I don't know how to make people understand that God's word is true regardless of what other people say or what other people do or what your circumstances might be. Hold on to the truth of God, Period. And once God speaks it, take a hold of it and apply it. Uh, don't look, don't, don't have God have to do something special for you to see it and recognize it. And that's, um, that's the truth of, of what God says. So 
Uh, I'm saying that because this is not fancy. This is just straight out teaching here in chapter 5 when we get to verse 38 through 42. It's just straight out Jesus saying, here's what I want you to do. And I'm hoping that you'll find that. So let's begin in verse 38 where Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's what he said at the very outset um, of this, of this teaching, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's the Old Testament pattern of what went on. And it's critical for you and I to know that uh, that's what the way it was. Uh, that was the Old Testament, Old Testament teaching in, recipro in, in reciprocating to make sure that what, when somebody was treated wrong, um, that the focus here was on making sure that the reciprocations was equal to the wrong. And that's what several of these verses say. I'm going to read just a few of them here. It, it, it tried to match the, the act with the penalty is what it did. And that was the, that's the Old Testament teaching. Exodus chapter 21, verse 24. says, an eye for, an, eye, for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot, foot for foot. That's Exodus 21. That, that was an Old Testament view. Leviticus chapter 24, verses 19 through 20. Here's what it says. If a man causes disfigurement of his neighbor as he has done, so shall it be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. As he has caused disfigurement of a man, so shall it be done to him. Again, these are Old Testament practices that were, were said. The Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 21. You shall... Your eye shall not pity. Life shall be for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. That was the way it, it practiced. The, these were um, school teachers, as it were. This was, you know, the Bible tells us that the law was a school teacher to show us uh, and teach us. And so that's the way it was in the Old Testament. That's, that's what it it, 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 the, with the practice and schemes and what it was that they said. But Jesus comes along and teaches us now a new, he brings a higher level of understanding, of a higher standard he brings to the table. So he teaches us how to respond to those who have hurt you. And there's a ton of verses I want to look at here. Uh, hopefully you can keep up with us here today. Uh, here's a ton of things. Jesus is teaching us how to respond to those who have hurt you. Matthew chapter 5 verse 39 says this. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek. Turn the other to him also. Here's what Jesus is saying today. If somebody slaps you turn the other cheek. Don't swing back. Don't hit back. Don't try to hurt them back. And you know, this is actually the sign that a person has a relationship with Jesus. When you have the capacity and the ability uh, and the fortitude and the heart to be able not to pay somebody back the way they've treated you. Uh, uh, so uh, let's look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Do not say I will rec recompense evil. Wait for the Lord and he will save you. That's a profound verse. Don't say I'm going pay you back. Put that back up there, please. Give that, put that back. Give that right back up there for just a second. It says, I will recompense. Don't say I'm going to pay him back. Don't say I'm going to recompense evil. Then it says this, wait for the Lord. 
and he will save you. That, that verse right there is profound because it's saying, wait for the Lord. Wait for God. Wait for the Lord to fight the battle for you. This is, this is the heart of God, that, he's, that, that you will recognize that he's the one to fight your battles. He's the one to pay back the person who's did you wrong. I've discovered in the course of my life, in my journey, that I can't pay the person back the way I would want to pay him back. But I discovered God is more than capable of paying them back. But now if you step in and you try to pay him back, God said, oh, I see you got this. I see you're going to, you, you, you're going to make this work. So it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Let's look at Luke chapter 6, verse 29. Luke 6, 29 says, To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other cheek also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Uh, now, I'm, I'm focusing on this first verse here, the first part of this verse, but I'm going to come back to the second part a little bit later. But he who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. That's powerful and profound. Do you have enough Jesus in you to do that? That's really the million dollar question. Do you have the capacity when somebody hurts you and does evil to you, do you have the capacity not to reciprocate back to them in the same way that they've hurt you? I want you to think about that. I want you to think about um, how you've treated people who've hurt you. You know, whether you uh, talked about them or ruined their reputation or lied on them. They lied on you, so you lied on them. They tried to hurt you, so you try to hurt them. You, you try to reciprocate back. Jesus says when you are a child of his, when you are his disciples, and we're walking in his lifestyle that he gives us, he says that's not what you do. They slap you on one cheek, take the other cheek, because you know in time the Lord that we serve will fight the battle for you. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's, it's, it's profound and powerful. Let's look at Romans 12, 17. It, it, it says the same thing. We pay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Repay no one evil for evil. Romans 12, 17. Put that back up there. Y'all going too fast. I want y'all to slow down. Let people get a chance to read it. I want, them, I want this to sink into their hearts. Repay no one evil. Evil for evil. They do evil to you. Don't you do evil to them. They lie on you. Don't you lie on them. They try to hurt you. Don't you try to hurt them. They try to get you fired on your job. Don't you try to get them fired either. That's, that's not what Christians do. We are disciples of the Lord Jesus. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 9. I'm going through this quickly. But I'm hoping that you all. Let this sink down into the bowels of your being. Because this really is a thing that evaluates where you are in your walk with Christ. 1 Peter 3, 9 says this. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. There's a promise right there. Don't, 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 don't jump away from this too quickly, uh, team. Stay right here. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Payback. But on the contrary, instead of doing hurt or harm, bless them. Knowing that this is what you're called to do. You're called to bless people that hurt you. You're called to do good to them even though they did bad to you. You're called. That's your calling. As a matter of fact, some of you 
I'm going to come back to this verse in a minute. But some of you, until you learn how to do this, you're going to find yourself going through the same journey over and over and over and over and over and over again until God sees that, he's that you've learned this, that you've embraced it, that, it's, that it is in fact a part of, of your lifestyle, that you've learned and you have embraced and understand that this is what Christ has called you to do. And then it says this, and I love this too. This is amazing scripture, this 1 Peter 3, 9. You're called. This is your calling. You're called to this. You're called to do this. You're called that every time somebody does you wrong. And I know some people want to put a, a limit to it and a, a stop, excuse me, a stopping point. And you'll say, I can only take so much and I, and I can't take it no more. I know that that's what a whole lot of you want to do. But this verse says right here, you're called, this is your calling, to do good to those who do bad to you. To bless those who've hurt you and try to do their best to harm you. And then it says this, that you may inherit a blessing. God says, when you learn to do this and you've embraced it in your life and you walk in this as a part of your lifestyle, he says, you will inherit a blessing. Whew, praise God. God says, I'm, gonna, I'm going to... I'm going to assign a blessing to you. And you know what's powerful about when God, when God assigns a blessing to you, nobody in the world can take it away. No hurt, no harm, no nothing. Nobody can hurt you or harm you or do wrong to you because it's, it's an inherited blessing. Isn't that, isn't that, that's, that's a powerful promise. That's a promise from God. Now, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm just asking this question today. How many of you have tried to reciprocate and pay people back and hurt people? I wonder how many of you have gotten into the never-ending, uh, unending challenge of fighting with somebody. <laughs> and you know what? This ha Here's why I see it happening most in marriages. I see it happening between a husband and a wife or, or those who are going through a divorce. And it's, it's horrific. That especially you call yourself a Christian and you're trying to hurt the other person. And this is the person that you were married to? I could talk about that for the rest of the day. You are really indicating when you walk in this, um, when you're walking in this kind of behavior, you're demonstrating you're not really a disciple of Jesus. And you're setting yourself up for hurt and harm and, and, and damage that this is not what the Lord has called for you to do in your life. And, I, and again, I don't know how to plead this case, as, um, I'm trying to plead it as best as strong as I know how to recognize that we serve a God that's greater and has the capacity and the ability to be able to fight the battle, give you the win, make you victorious, pay the other person back, give you a blessing if you make the right choices. But you have to make the right choices. Let me roll on. Let me, let me go to the next point. I want to talk about Jesus teaches us how to respond to lawsuits. Let's talk about that, because in verse 40, he talks about that. He says in verse uh, chapter 5, verse 40, he says, If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. He said, they take you to court. Don't, don't battle. Don't fight. G give them your coat and your sweater. Give him both. Let him have it. And I know people have a tough time embracing this. Some pe people have a tough time embracing this. But it's truth. It is the truth of God's word 
that Jesus says, don't fight over it. Don't battle over it. Don't debate over it. Don't be challenged with it. Let it go. Let it go. Right here. This is his Sermon on the Mount. He quickly just hit it real quick. And it's expounded upon in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to go in there in just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 1 through 7. The Apostle Paul speaks to the church in Corinth because they got a whole lot of stuff going on in the church where they are suing each other. And in the church, they're suing each other. And Jesus speaks to that. Let's, let's, go to, let's look at that. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Let's talk about that for a moment. He says, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Let me stick a pen right there. Stick a pen. He says, don't go, don't take your debates among yourselves before the unsaved. If you got an issue that you can't resolve, take it before the saints. Take it before the church. That's, that's what you ought to do. Don't, don't, don't go before the world. Verse 2 says, do, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Some of what we are debating about is light stuff. It's, it's nothing compared to what we, we will one day be in charge of. We'll, 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 he will empower us to judge the world, to be ruling the world when Jesus comes back and establishes his kingdom on earth. We will be in charge. He says, y'all are debating and taking it before the world. Saints of the Most High God are taking your debates among yourselves before the world. He said, you should be able to resolve this among yourselves. Let's, go to, let's continue. Verse 3. Do you not know, verse 3, that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? Are you, are you releasing the, 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 the matters that um, pertain to to how we manage this life and you, you're, you're, you're letting the world and the people who don't really know about life. See, this the great thing that we have as Christians. We understand life. We have life. We have, we have the spirit of God and the principles of God's word living inside of us to help empower us to have the ability to judge the world. When we get matured and we're in his word and we know his word, we can make righteous judgments. That's what he's saying. And yet we're releasing judgment on these matters. He says the smallest matters pertaining to life things and we're giving it to the world to resolve. He says that's not the way it ought to be. Look at verse 5. He says, I say, to, I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goes to law against brother and that before unbelievers. He says it's a shame. Now, uh, somebody asked me recently, they, they had a debate between them and somebody else in, 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 in the church. And I'm telling you, we have a, our church has a legal ministry. That we can, before you take it to court, before y'all spend all that money on those lawyers, and before you take your debate among yourselves, bring it to our legal ministry. We got them set up, they'll help you. But you got to be willing to submit to what we say. 
You got to be willing to submit because we're going to give you what's right, righteous and fair. And hopefully people have the mindset um, to make that choice. This is what the, one of the roles of the church is, to help you get to a level of maturity. And what I'm hoping is that you have a level of maturity in yourself that you won't even fight over stuff. I, you know, before, you know, when people have wronged me, I say, you go ahead, take it. I'm not going to fight and argue with you that you didn't complete the job like I asked you to do it. I'm not going to take you to court. I'll go ahead. I'll get it done. God has blessed me. And that's why I love the Lord, because I've seen him fight battles for me and plead my case and make me more than a conqueror, even when people have not treated me properly and fairly. And I love him and I praise the Lord for that, that I know I look to him to be the judge. And that's what we're talking about, letting him be the judge. Let's look at verse 7. Now, therefore, it, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? Y'all see? Do you see that? Do you see that? That's that. He said, look, don't, don't debate this. Don't fight about this. He said, just take the hit. And if it's a business thing, then don't do business with them anymore. Let just let you let because you're a, ch a child of God. Look for God to pay you back and let yourself be cheated. This is profound. I need y'all to get this and let it go. Let it go, Louis. Why do you not rather let yourself be cheated? That's what Christians do. Because ultimately, we're trying to prove that we're the bigger, we're the bigger person. We're the, we're the bigger Christian. We're, we got Jesus living inside of us. And by him living inside of us, he empowers us and anoints us and gifts us to be able to, to make that kind of choice. And you know, what I know to be true is when it's all said and done, we will be winners. You will be a winner. You will be more than conquerors. You will be more than a conqueror. Let yourself be cheated. Let me hurry up because I'm acting like I got all day here and I don't. Jesus, here's the next point Jesus talks about in verse 41. He says he teaches us how to respond to those who seek to take advantage of you. What do you do when somebody tries to take advantage of you? And, he, and this is in verse number 41 of the scripture. Jesus teaches how to respond to those who seek to take advantage of you. 541 says, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Let me stop for a moment and talk about what this means. Because back in the... Domain of the Roman Empire, that at any time a Roman citizen or a Roman soldier could demand and command a Jewish resident to carry his, the Roman soldiers or the Roman citizens' possessions for a mile. That was, that's, that was the law. That was, that's what was required. That if they come and they, they want to compel you to go one mile, Jesus says, you show you, the difference of who you are, how gifted and anointed, and that, you got a, that you're serving a God that's much greater. He says, instead of just going one mile, go two. And here's what else this means. Whoever compels you, they, they, they can require you to do it. And, and, and he says, look, don't, don't complain about the one mile. See, see, some of you will go to one mile, but you complaining and crying and, and talking 
bad about them the whole while. You're going that, that mile. He says, go two miles. Go the extra mile. Show them that there's a God, you, the God that you serve that lives inside of you who calls the shot is much greater. This is how we win the loss to Christ. This is how we win an unbelieving world that there's a bigger God who lives inside of us. Go and take the second mile. Oh, I love that right there. I want to challenge you today. And I want to ask you today. And I want to see how many of you have done this. I want, I want to press you, push you. I want to say to you, yeah, they might be taking advantage of you. They might be treating you wrong. But greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And the fact that Jesus lives inside of you, he gives you the anointing and the gifting and the power to go the second mile and to turn the other cheek and to not go to court, not to sue them and not to argue. He gives you an anointing and a gift and they want your coat, give them your sweater. Don't debate over these matters. It ain't, it's just stuff. We, uh, I, I was, again, sometimes I, I see siblings fighting. So a parent loses, lo loses their life and there the siblings are fighting over the possessions of the parent. So much so to the point that you lose the relationship with your brother or your sister. Oh, it's, it's tragic. It's sad. It's, it's, it's unbelievable that we would live and walk in such a way that stuff becomes so important. Money becomes so important. Jewelry becomes more important. Property becomes so important that you're willing to lose your relationship with your siblings or other family members. It's not worth it. And what I love about the scripture, what Jesus is teaching here, is he's saying, look, I will give you, a, you make the right choices and I will reward you. I will... I will decree a blessing upon you. That's greater than that. Oh man, I, I just... Mm. That's, that's what the Lord is calling us to do. Let it go. It's not worth it. Don't fight over it. Don't debate it. Don't wrestle with it. Let it go. So, somebody wants you... They, they're trying to take advantage of you? Go ahead. Go the extra mile. You want to sue me for a thousand? I'll give you two. Some, some of y'all are spending more money with your lawyers and, it, and there's more money than even the whole case is even worth. It's not worth it. It's not worth your peace. It's not worth you losing out on your, on, on your heart and it's not worth on, on your sanity and your a level of peace, quietness in life. It's not worth it. Losing sleep, it's not worth it. Put it in the hands of the God that we serve and let him fight it for you. Let him be the one. See, we are people of faith, brothers and sisters. We are people of faith. And by faith, we look to a higher power who sees everything. I know some of y'all don't think God sees it. But if you believe that there's a God who sees everything, what you need to say is, I know God sees exactly what's going on. He sees what is happening. He sees what they've done. And he's also going to see what you do. He's going to see, he sees what you do and how you respond and the condition of your heart. And he will, he will respond based on what, how you respond. Let me close. Here's my final point. Jesus teaches us how to respond to those who, who want, want help from you. If somebody comes to you and they want some help. 
Jesus spends a few moments talking about that in verse number 42. How do I respond to people who come to me for help? I need to spend just a few moments talking about this uh, as well. And here's what he says, uh, Matthew 542. Here's, here's what that verse says, 542. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Give, help, serve, bless. Give to him who asks you. Now, this is a, this is a tough thing. Uh, and I'm going to try to give you some principles about this. Let's, let, me, let me roll through. Let's look at Luke chapter 6. Let's look at Luke 6, 30 through 38. Jot that down. It says, give to everyone who asks of you and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Stick a pin there. I know I'm sticking pins all over the place today. <laughs> he says, once you give something to somebody, don't, don't look for it back. A lot of the arguments and debates go on with people because they loan somebody something and then the person didn't pay them back. And, and what I try to tell people is God, God's uh, attitude is don't, you don't loan people money. You give it to them. If you don't have it to give and don't get it back, then tell them you can't help them. That's a principle. If you can't give it to them without getting it back, don't give it to them. Just say, I'm not able to do so. And I see a lot of people giving away money that they don't have to give. And they're they hoping for that person to pay them back next Friday. Next Friday come, you calling them because you need to pay your mortgage, to pay your rent. And they see your number pop up on the screen, and they're not on their phone, and they're not answering. That's that's. Don't give to people if you can't give it away and don't, need, don't look for it back. This is what the scripture says right here. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Don't look for it back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. If you're in need and, 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 and somebody comes to help you, you, you would want them to give it to you with no hopes of getting it back. Our church doesn't make, we don't, we don't make loans. We don't give people loans and look for money back. That's not what we do. We give it to you. We don't, we don't look for it back. Here's verse 32. It says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you only do this to people who you love, and you're not willing to help people that you may not be in love with or may not like, what credit is that? That's the same thing that sinners do. But there's a greater God inside of you. We're, ch we're children of the Most High God. Verse 33. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. He lays it out in two back-to-back -back verses. Verse 34 says, And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners and receive as much back. That's the way the world operates. But that's not the way we are called to operate. We're called to be at a higher level and to operate differently. And, and, and here's, that's verse 34. And verse 35 says this. It says, but love your enemies. Love your enemies. Love those who hurt you, did wrong to you. Do good. And lend hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. Woo. And you will be sons of the most high. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. 
Isn't that, that's a profound verse right there, y'all. Love your enemies. Love those that are your enemies. And do good to them. Lend and don't look for anything back. Just give it to them. Matter of fact, um, it just, just, that's what you should do. And your, and your reward, there's a promise. Your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. Verse, 30, verse 36. Therefore, be merciful just as your father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Verse 37 and 38. Here's 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. We are called to be people of faith. Give and it'll be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And this isn't this. I mean, if you just give the people that you know you like or you just give the people and you hope to get back, you've missed you've missed the whole you violated the whole principle here. This thing, it says you give uh, with hope. You don't have hopes of getting it back. And when you do that, God will give it back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. When that's your heart, that's your posture, that's your position, that's the way you approach it. It was with that kind of a heart. That's the call of God. That's what He's, that's what he's calling us to do. I, now, here's my challenge to you. I know some, many of you, some of you today, have gotten broken and bruised relationships, and God is saying this is a this is a way for you to demonstrate the love of God. And my, and my, my appeal to you, my cry to you, my, my uh, challenge to you is to bring yourself to a posture or a position or a place of taking these very wonderful principles and put them in, into practice in your life. That's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to make that your behavior and your posture. And give God the opportunity to show you how awesome he is. I challenge you. I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to put this into practice. Go to that one. Some of y'all got that one little thing. That little one thing stuck in the crawl of your teeth. That one relationship. That one issue. And I'm telling you to go bless that person. Release them. Some of y'all have carried attitude and and anger and unforgiveness, it ain't worth it. It's not worth it. Let it go. Let it go. Release them. And watch God reward you significantly much better. This is the teaching of the Lord Jesus. And, and as I said at the beginning of this, of this teaching today, I don't need a lot of debate for God to, to teach me or show me. He doesn't have to prove anything to me. I just embrace it and believe it and Hold on to it. Okay? Now, I'm going to take a couple questions, and then I uh, see I already got some questions that have already come in. Let me, let me try to answer that uh, very quickly. Um, uh, instead of re re reciprocating or allowing someone to hurt us more, can't we just walk away? Yeah, you can walk away. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you could. You should. That should be your posture. Is is don't in, don't get into payback. Just let it go. 
let it go. Please clarify. Is the instruction just not to reciprocate or is it to truly offer your other cheek? Example, what should be the response for social justice? So, uh, yeah, we do want to turn the other cheek. That is a call that God calls for us. But now, what do we say about this person asked about social injustice? The purpose of the government, Romans 13, jot this verse down. Romans 13 is to punish evildoers. That's the role of the government, is to identify those who do wrong and punish them, or bring them to right. And social injustice has to deal with unjust things that people have done, and it is the role of the government to bring correction to that. I was in a, I was in a, uh, I'm in a, uh, an accountability prayer group that I meet with every week, and one of the persons thought that we shouldn't be doing social injustice, that we should just let God change people's hearts. And that's fine. It, it does take God to change people's heart. But while we're waiting on God to change their heart on social issues as it relates to how people are trade, treated, the government has that role and responsibility. And so it's our mandate from God to put people in place in office, to vote for people in office, and to encourage them to punish what's wrong and to, 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 to make decisions and choices that helps to bring people to a place of obedience to what's right. So that's, that's how I feel about that. I said you are called to bless people who hurt you. Please give real examples. What do you mean by blessing them? Uh, here's what I mean by blessing them. Do good to them. Um, look for ways to, to reward, not reward them, that's probably not the word, to help them. Look for ways to be a blessing to them. Uh, look for ways to serve them. Look for ways and opportunities. God will give you ways and opportunities to demonstrate the Christ that's in you. And so uh, look for opportunities and ways to do that. So maybe you can go over there and uh, take them some groceries if you know they have a need. Or maybe, you know, some, some way you can help them and be a blessing to them. That's what we talk. Help them in. And so there's a thousand ways. Buying them groceries, fixing them a meal, cutting their grass, watching their kids. I mean, we can go on any kind of a way of being a blessing to people. That's what we are called to do, to be a blessing to our people. Does loving your enemies mean you have to feel love for them or just do loving acts toward them? Here's what I discovered. That's a great question. Should I wait until I feel it? That's what you're really asking. Uh, does loving your enemies mean you have to feel love for them or just do loving acts toward them? Yeah, if I waited, if you wait until you feel like doing something, that's a problematic, that's problematic because guess what? Our feelings are dis deceitful. The Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can trust it? You can't go by what you feel. Never trust your feelings. Never trust your feelings. No, you don't wait till you feel like it. You make... You, what we're called to do is to be obedient to the Lord, period. Whether we, whether we want it to or not. Some of y'all probably don't, don't want to do a whole lot of stuff. But we don't, we don't make choices and decisions based on how we feel. We make choices and decisions based on what's right before God. I'm doing this before the Lord. And I know he sees me. I know he will reward me. And I'm, and I'm going to continue to do it. And in time, my heart will be right before God. So that's my answer for that question. Um, if a person stole from you, do I still take them to court? Well, 
I, 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 you know, if somebody stole from you, I've, been, I've had people steal stuff from me over the years, and God has more than rewarded me. If they broke the law, the role of the government is to punish evil doers. So you report the crime. You report the crime and let the law take care of them. But I wouldn't fight or debate or wrestle with them uh, over stuff. See, when, it, when, you, when it's all settled down, you're going to get bitter and upset about stuff. The God more than has the capacity to pay you to give it back to you. Is, is it worth your, losing your peace and your joy and wanting to retaliate? This whole lesson is about retaliation. You know, it's one thing for me to say, I'm going to turn it over to the government, let them handle it, and whatever they do is fine. But that doesn't mean that you have to, um, you know, you don't have to put yourself in a posture or a position to, 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 uh, to let it get in your heart. That's, that's what my challenge to you today is. Okay? You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Wait for the Lord to fight the battle for you. You are called to bless people that hurt you and do good for those who are not good to you. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.